Okay. Okay, uh, hey, how are you doing? So, uh, like I said, my name is Omar J. Jesus, and I'm the host of Second Chance, Voices of the Unheard. My podcast talks about the second chance people received after doing time in an institution, innocent or guilty, while changing a poisonous narrative of prisoners' perception. For the most part, people returning to society are outcasted. So my job is to give people a platform and an opportunity to tell a story. Everyone on this podcast will be bragging on themselves about their accomplishment. So I have here my first guest. Um, I'm let you introduce. Uh, I'm gonna let him introduce himself. Uh, the the good brother. Uh, I've known him for quite a while, and uh, he has done um, a lot of things that I'm proud of. Um, you know. So uh, so I'm gonna give you the the floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mister Mister Omar. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say you know I'm very honored to be here. You know, in this podcast with you. And it's very important for individuals such as myself and you and I, you know, both, you know, for individuals when they first come home from incarceration to actually, you know, um, tell their story. And for me to have a platform such as yours, you know, um, Second Chance, it's, it's very imperative, man, that um, platforms like this exist so that we can get our stories out to inform, to educate uh, individuals that's coming home from prison, you know, so they can know what, what they're gonna be facing they can know how to get through these obstacles in a positive manner, and they can also know how to create opportunities for themselves whenever, you know, the world may make us, you know, tend to believe that there are there aren't any possibilities. So it's very important, man, for for us to have this platform to uh, to inspire and motivate other individuals that's, that's returning home from uh, prison, and um, to give them hope that you know you don't have to revert back to your old lifestyle. And that there is a chance, a second chance, for you to reinvent yourself and to create a new path of uh, endless possibilities for yourself. So my name is Quentin Murray, and I am the CEO and founder of Say World. Let's talk about it. In the Higher Achievers Project, I um, I've been home. I've been released from prison uh, February 2019, and. Um, before I left prison, I actually had a vision of me having my own my own business, you know, and it was going to be along the lines of prison reform, you know, um, such as the work like you're doing. It's going to be along the lines of helping other individuals that came from places like you know the Department of Corrections, helping you know helping other individuals see me as a model, as an example of what could be. You know, and I still have work to come. There's still a lot more ahead of me. But as of right now, like I said, I am the CEO and founder of Say World. Let's talk about it. And what we do there is we, we it's, it's a forum to where individuals come together and we talk about topics that the world is afraid to talk about. You know, my thing is the world is afraid to talk about the truth. You know, they have this narrative like, you know, this is America, the land of the free. But at the same time, there's an underlying truth that America is afraid to talk about. Like, racism still exists. Amen. I believe in that. um, Discrimination still exists. You know, it's just all now today, it's in a different form. It's been covered with, you know, layers upon layers of bullshit. 
Straight up. So platforms like yours and mine, we're here to to uncover, to dust off, you know, um, the bullshit. To so you, you know you can see the truth of what's actually going on, what's going on in the world today, what's going on in the prison system, and um, what's going on in families, you know, that that's been affected by individuals going to prison. So that's what Say Water is basically about. You know, we we're here to bring uh, spread awareness of you know, uh, topics that affects individuals and their families along the lines of uh, incarceration. Yeah, you know, um, I really do agree uh, with what you uh, just said, uh, how um, they try to hide the truth um, from the world um, and they try to paint a narrative that's poisonous. Um, and they, uh, their perception of black and Latinos is mm -hmm. completely negative. Absolutely. Um, and I don't agree with that. You know, so uh, like I said before, I do uh, like the work you're doing. And um, this you. is why I invited you on my podcast, because I believe in the work you do. Thank you. And I believe in um, your work too as and, well. And, I, and I'm honored to have you on my show. Um, so it's... Uh, um, so it's a, it's a good thing to even have um, a good thing uh, going on for us uh, here, what you're doing. So, um, so if you could... Um, you know, uh, speak about, you know, uh, your family history, if you don't mind. Um, so my family history, you know, um, and, and I'm glad that you give me this opportunity to speak about my, 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 my family history because I am one of the many voices that came from disadvantaged communities that actually has a chance to, to uh, put forth the challenges and struggles that I had to experience growing up as a... Um, as a violent and troubled youth and, uh, you know, in poverty and uh, in, in the ghettos of America, the inner cities of America. I came from a, a very, very, you know, um, violent background, uh, an abusive household, dysfunctional household, and a single parent home, at, you know, to a point. I'm a military brat. My family's been uh, in the military, so I moved from country to country and, uh, and that within itself created a, a way of me to become disassociated with, uh, with the world in a, in a sense, because I was never able to keep friends in my life because we was always picking up and moving to another country, moving to another country. So with that being said, I was never able to have, you know, consistent friendships. So in my mind, that kind of prepared me to not have a relationship or a social relationship in, 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 the, in the world. So I was pr pretty much put in a place to where I was out of place with socialism, as far as being able to communicate and, and develop friends. And I was also, like I said, I was from a disadvantaged, dysfunctional and abusive household, meaning that I grew up seeing my father, you know, um, bitterly, you know, abusing my mother and my sister and I, and, um, you know, he had issues of, uh, of alcoholism, mental health issues, and all of this affected my household, what brought me to the point of being, uh, I would say, I would want to say like I grew up in a very traumatic environment that set me up to be, you know, on, along the path of destruction self-destruction okay so so is it fair to say that uh what went on in your household tainted your perception of reality absolutely um and actually pushed you into um the streets to where um 
you just was behaving um, in in a abnormal behavior to where it made things worse for you. Uh, as far as um, you getting involved with uh, certain people and um, behaviors in general. Absolutely, and that's exactly what happened because with all this trauma, trauma that was going on in my life, in my household, it kind of shut me out from the family sense and it kind of pushed me towards the streets. You know, I, I had a lot going on within myself that I couldn't figure out, which were traumatic you know, exposure, which was a lot of you know, mental illnesses developed. You know, so I wanted to get away from the household that I was living in. And I went to the streets, you know, and I joined a gang at an early age. And being a part of that gang made me feel a sense of belonging. You know, it made me feel like I had a home. You know, the, the brothers embraced me. And um, that's, that's where my new, my new beginning came, became. And little did I know the consequences that was gonna come with that, that uh, decision that I made at that point in time. And the consequences, which you know, led to a life of crime, which led to uh, incarceration, and um, I overcame all that, and here I am today to talk about my obstacles and wow. achievements that I, you know, that I witnessed. Okay, so so the, the 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 certain behaviors that you were into is what led into the self-destructive uh, mindset um, that landed you in prison. Mm -hmm. um, at any time during those. Uh, during that time, did you deal with like self-doubt, um, feeling that you wasn't good enough to do certain things in your life, um, so you just resorted to complacent behaviors? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, my father, my father. You know, I, I was never, I never got love at home. You know, like I never really felt like. I was in an environment to where I was, I was loved because it was so much abuse going on that took away the energy of, of the love element. You know, so being that I never really had experienced the love at home, that kind of put me in a, in, a, in, a, in a space to where I never felt like I was worthy. I never got praised when I did good things. You know, there, those things what I did, whether that was good, they were unnoticed. So I never developed a sense of confidence and self-worth as a child. I had to learn that on my own. And sadly to say, it was through criminal activity and um, the embracement of a gang. Wow. So if you don't mind me asking, what landed you in prison? And how much time were you facing when you did uh, end up in prison? So what led me to prison was, um, well, the crime that I got convicted for was robbery in first degree. Okay. Actually, um, there were three three different cases, and with a good lawyer and money, you know, I was down. I was able to consolidate them and, and knock it into one case. And uh, in the beginning, I was facing seventy five years. Wow. Yeah, I was facing seventy five years, and um, I was able to cop out to a plea, which gave me, you know, gave me fifteen years of. You know, Incarceration, and um, yeah, it, yeah. Wow, man, that's that's truly amazing uh, to hear that um, you was given a second chance. Um, Absolutely. Though uh, at that time you may have not noticed it mm -hmm. because you was looking at in you know, a lot of time, um, but now that you look back at uh, the time you was given, uh, it, it was a blessing. Yes. You know. Um, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what were your negative experiences during prison? 
Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. There were so many. I got to take my jacket off for this one. <laughs> that was a good question, though. Um, yeah, so there were, there were so many, so many negative uh, experiences that I had. And I would just like to say that prison within itself is a negative experience. You know, um, I've witnessed stabbings, killings. I've, I've witnessed gang, you know, uh, what do you call it? J- jumping gang, gang, gang assault, gang assault. Yeah, I wouldn't g- gang assault. I witnessed, I mean, all types of CO on CO, CO on inmate, inmate on inmate. So, I mean, it was the violence was all in the air, you know, and that and that's the type of environment that today's prison system creates, you know, um, Violence feeding off of violence. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be the Department of Corrections, but it's it's not. It's totally everything that's yeah. opposite of correcting anything. Yeah, you know. So it's the it's Department of Corruption. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, it's not correcting anything. If anything, it's uh, enhancing yes uh, corruption. Yes. Um, because the only thing uh, um, consistent uh about Department of Correction is the inconsistencies. Inconsistencies, yes. That goes on in that uh that systemic uh abuse, yes. that injustice system. Um and the thing about that, people don't realize that because you're on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. But once you're on the inside looking out mm-hmm. um and you actually witness and experience that, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. So you know this is why I do what I do because I want people to see in here that um, is not what people painted or paint us to be. We shouldn't be getting punished during the time of of being um, convicted of a crime. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we, we've committed a crime for the most part, some of us. Some of us is innocent, um, but we're still going through the abuse right, right. way after we've mm-hmm. been committed to mm-hmm. an institution. And that's that's an issue because that trauma after transitioning from one culture or mindset into a prison mindset, it's it, that's another transition. And and that's that's for me personally was detrimental because I was used to living one way mm-hmm. and now I had to live a certain way because I'm living in a prison, uh, a prison that accepts a certain different culture. Yeah. And and, and just to just to adjust was really rough for me. Um, so, yeah, you know, and I... I can, I, can I say something about go that? Go ahead, go ahead. You know, the, the strange thing is this, right? Outside, on the outside world, we would like to say that it's the normal, quote, unquote, normal behavior. So when we enter, when I entered the prison system, it was a whole different culture to where the normalcy of being normal doesn't exist. You have to rewire yourself to adapt to a culture that's everything becomes abnormal. Normal behaviors on the outside becomes abnormal behaviors in the inside. You have to do this adjustment in order for you to survive the prison culture. And that's sad because that that abnormal culture breeds a sense of um, deviant behavior and in our minds, we, we think that this type of behavior is, is normal, is good, but in our reality, we're just harming ourselves. But you have to really train yourself and, and recreate that 
that uh that culture because it's part of survival. You know, so my thing was I had to my first time being incarcerated, ever in prison, I had to readjust to survive the culture. So now that I'm released, I have to reverse that again just to survive in the culture on the outside. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's kinda it's kinda strange how that, you know, that all that reversing you have to do to survive a culture. And in all reality it messes up the you know the the mental state of an individual you know and I think I can speak for individuals that come out of prison because if you spend you know a substantial amount of time in prison there's possibility that you're not going to really come out the same yeah. mentally yeah that's that's true um and I agree with you um on that aspect um because people tend to focus more on the physical aspect of mm-hmm. uh of life um mm-hmm. but you know we fall short when it comes to the spirituality or right. the mentality mm-hmm. or you know you got to do a lot of mental dieting also oh, yeah. um and, yeah. and the reason why i say that is because uh you become part of the environment the way you think the way you act the way you behave and if you do not do no introspection while you are incarcerated them same behaviors that prison like mentality mm-hmm. when you come home can be your downfall also because you start looking at everyone like they're in prison. And the reason why I say that is because they might step on your shoe in prison. That's disrespect. Right, right. And they don't mean it. But you're looking at it like, oh, he disrespected me. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily true. He didn't disrespect you. He was just rushing and accidentally mm-hmm. stepped on your sneakers or mm-hmm. bumped you or, you know. Um, so we got to be mindful that that if we don't do that work, as far as changing the way we think, mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem when we get home, man. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, that's why I admire brothers like you because um, you as myself also, mm-hmm. um, we did that work and yeah. and yeah. and we still working. Yes. Um, um, yes. Whether it's on us or trying to uh, help others, mm-hmm. um, so like that's that's beneficial uh, all around. Um, so what type of people that you uh, decided to gravitate while you was incarcerated? That's a good question. Um, well, first and foremost, you know, um, I, I am Muslim. You know, I've been I've been Muslim before incarceration. I wasn't practicing, but since my incarceration. And first of all, before I even answer the question, I'd like to say that as funny as it may seem, but prison saved me. You know, and I say that because it was in prison where I um, was given a second chance, you know, to get things corrected within myself. It was, a, it was a place and a space for me to actually get a chance to get to know me, to get to forgive me, to get to love me, I mean. you know, so that I can return that into the, uh, I can return that to others that's in the society and my culture that I'm living in. So prison actually gave me the opportunity for me to sit down and think about my purpose in life and to think about, you know, what it is that I want to do with my life. You know, what was set out to be a punishment for me actually turned out to be, you know, opportunity for me, an opportunity, a second chance for me to actually get myself together, you know, so that I can um, live out my dreams, you know, and uh, aspirations. And your question, oh, what type of people? Yeah. So like I said, I'm, I'm Muslim and being incarcerated gave me a chance to reconnect you know, to my to my uh, my Lord, it gave me a second chance to reconnect with Him and to actually develop 
a solid relationship where obedience was able to play a part in me, you know, following the discipline and structure of Islam, you know, which led to um, me being walking that straight and narrow path, you know, of loving myself, loving others, of respecting myself, respecting others, of, of you know, developing and embracing the self-worth and love for myself so that I can love my creator and be everything that he intended for me to be. So um, I really was close to the community, the, the Muslim community, the brotherhood, because you have brothers in there, man, that was doing life, natural life, never going home. They took this religion seriously. This is all they have. That's right. So if you mess up, you're gonna, you're gonna, trust me, you're gonna, um, <laughs> it's gonna be some um, repercussion, you know? So I was around brothers like that, and they really got me to, to, to be focused and to um, actually be the best Muslim that I can be. And those are the type of individuals that I choose to be around, individuals that have my best interests at heart and that cared about, you know, having my best interests. Um, no, basically individuals, man, that cared about seeing me, you know, succeed. There were haters in the game that, you know, that didn't want you to succeed. So I had to be aware of them. But at the end of the day, I had created a circle for me to be around individuals that have my best interests at heart. Yeah. Whether it be my Muslim brothers, whether it be my Latino brothers, whether it be my my Middle Eastern brothers, whoever was showing me respect and love, and that had the mindset of being successful and not seeing prison as a as a dark space for me to continue deviant behaviors. Those are individuals, man, that I that I uh, embraced. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, that for me also uh, was a um, contributing factor to um, me changing. Also, was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say religion, I would say more spirituality um, mm-hmm. because my connection to my higher power is what I look forward to because I knew with that I was able to be be forgiven uh, for my act of mm-hmm. selfishness mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. myself and others. Mm-hmm. So that was a blessing yes. in disguise. Um, um, so, you know, like I said, there's a poisonous narrative uh, towards prisoners and the world's perception of prisoners. Yes. Now, you are a brother that did a lot of time. And I also have done a lot of time. And we know people that are very, very likely never to come home yeah. while they are in prison. Um, and I'm talking about these are people that um, you wouldn't think they are but they are very positive and they're good people. Um, have you ever come across uh, any positive uh, brothers in prison or in jail during your time? Absolutely. Um, you're one of them. Of course, of course. Definitely one of them. Um, and some of the most brilliant minds, man, are trapped behind those walls, behind those bars, man. Some of the most brilliant people I've met in my life were incarcerated. You know, and, and there's so many guys that I met on my path, on my journey. I can't even name them all, but um, in forefront, you are definitely an example that represents all the good brothers that I met in prison. You, individuals such as yourself, you know, and with that being said, I believe that's enough, you know, as far as I don't have to say, I don't have to say this brother, that brother, that brother. You represent all those brothers. You know, the Amen. energy, the energy. Amen. Yeah, sir. The energy you brought to the table, the effort you brought to the table, the commitment you brought to the table, everything. When I first met you, 
represents all the other good men and brilliant minds that I met in the car, you know, in the uh, Department of Corrections. So um, when you ask me that question, I say, look at yourself. And that's your answer. Amen. I agree with you. Okay, so we are uh, we gonna move it a little forward. Um, we um, spoke a little bit about um, pre-prison, uh, during prison, and I want to talk a little about post-prison, um, after prison. Um, what were you, or are you grateful for after your release of prison? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of things. First and foremost, I'm thankful for my Lord for allowing me to, you know, make it through the prison system. You know, a lot of guys, like I said, aren't coming home. Some guys get killed in there. Some guys, you know, they they can't they can't maintain mentally, so they bug out. You know, and. So I thank I thank my Lord first and foremost for you know carrying me through that process, and second of all you know um, family support. I'm very thankful for my family. You know, without my family support, I don't think that I could have. Well, I know that I couldn't have made it through you know um, my my incarceration time. So when I came home, my family was there for me from day one, and um, they came and picked me up from prison on my release date. And they set me up financially, emotionally, physically. They set me up in any manner that you can think of for me to have that that solid foundation to move forward towards my success. You know, I started creating um, social capital as far as individuals and reentry programs. You know, I had to build my whole new network system of individuals that was, you know, um, intended to help me in my process of having a successful reintegration back into society. So it's very, it was very important and imperative for me to seek out these individuals that uh, I can add on to my support system that was gonna help me or place me in, in a position to where I don't have to revert back to my old behaviors. You know, so my Lord, my family, and creating a new uh, social network system of uh, individuals that was actually in position to put me in a position to reach my success. Yeah. I remember a time when I was in in prison and, um, you know, you, you're around all type of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I say all type of people, you got people that uh, still got the stinking thinking mindset. Mm-hmm. Sure. You got people who are actually doing um, some great things behind the wall. You got some mm-hmm. people that like to get over. And, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's that's society also. There's, there's no difference. Um, what organizations are you involved with still or even... Uh, were you involved while you was incarcerated a little bit? If you want to touch on that, or even if you want to talk about after, what organizations are you still involved with? Okay, so um, NYU, I'm a, I'm a former uh, NYU student. They have a prison education program. Shout out to PEP. PEP. <laughs> so they have a prison education program to where they physically go on, I'm going to call it campus. They go on campus to... Uh, you know, give the brothers opportunity to, to, to get educated, you know, on certain um, areas of uh, expertise, whatever, you know, career path they choose to, to, to follow from that moment on. NYU PEP, I like to say um, Defy, Defy Ventures, they gave me an opportunity for me to, you know, to get literacy, you know, educated. 
Network. There's a pro, there's a prison project called Network. Um, even even my my brotherhood, my community, my Muslim community, my brothers. You know, I came home and, and first thing I did was I connected myself to 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 my masjid and my new uh, brothers, my new community. You know, so those are a few off the top of the head that I can name right now. Actually, oh, and there's another program called SCAP. It's Connecticut County Action Program. Okay. Uh, yes, Miss Meredith Gabell. She's like my um my go-to person. She really played an instrumental part in me connecting the dots to meeting other individuals that can help me be in a position to where I can actually reach my success. So those are a few, and I can't really name them all, but those are the few that comes to me on 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 spot. Wow, that's good. That's good, man. I, I really, I personally. Um appreciate those programs because um i gave a part of me to them programs uh Mm -hmm. not your specific programs that you named right but uh defy um um nyu pep um Mm -hmm. and not to name more but uh some of these programs uh, i gave my all to yes um and and throughout that journey of my time and even um indulging in these programs those also those programs also help me change absolutely help yeah. change yeah. my ways help change my behaviors mm-hmm. um help me identify issues that i wasn't aware of uh-huh. um and you know um and tackle those problems because sometimes we don't we don't know we got issues until we realize that and mm-hmm. um and i'm really um really really grateful um for them programs mm-hmm. so what are you what are you doing nowadays to, to stay out of prison um, what am I doing? So, I have Say World. Let's talk about it. That's my own, you know, uh, consultant slash professional speaking forum where I actually, you know, I give back to the community. I uh, do a lot of motivational speaking where I go to youth centers. I speak about my, you know, my stories, my struggles, and how I persevere through them and become the person I am now. Um, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in, I'm a student at NYU, so I do. You know, studying is definitely a thing that keeps me busy. I, um, I'm in this place called Ignacia House. You know, it's you know, thrive, thriving for life is our philosophy. So that's a whole another community where we actually are um, housed with individuals that's formerly incarcerated, and we live with, within a community sense environment. Well, we're, we're just community building, so I'm building with brothers on the daily, such as yourself, you know. I'm building with brothers on the daily about how we're gonna, you know, um, you know, give back to individuals that came from places like we came from. Um, I have a personal life going on right now for myself. I have family life. So basically, I just, I try to fill my day with things that's gonna allow me to build onto my career goal. My career goal is to have a franchise of Say World, let's talk about it, in different states around this country where I can actually go into the prison system, go into the youth detention centers, and I can have a team behind me and we just speak about our stories in, in, uh, in, good, in good faith of giving inspiration to others that when you come home, there's nothing that you can't do. Don't let nobody tell you that they're going to be um, roadblocks or barriers that you're not going to be able to cross. We give inspiration as examples that there ain't nothing that you can't do, but you have to be committed and you know, have to be uh, consistent in whatever it is that you, you want to do. And if you don't have anything that you know of that you want to do, we like to tell people that it's important for you to think about your potentials, your talents, and how you can turn all of that into a way of uh, 
entrepreneurship and philanthropy. How you say that word? Philanthropy. Yeah, you know, giving back to uh, giving back to individuals that's less fortunate than you are. So uh, my schedule is packed, man. You know, I do a lot of speaking engagements. You know, where um, I, I just speak about the prison reform. I speak about my story. You know. I just I like to schedule myself my days to where I'm always doing something positive and that's going to build onto my my uh, my values and my career goals and my vision in life. Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I I, I was surprised when uh when you uh made room for for me today because you're a busy guy. <laughs> you're a busy guy, so like yeah. you know your time is. Uh, you know, it's of the essence because you have a lot of things in your schedule, and I'm like I said before, I'm really grateful for that. But oh, you know, like yes, I mean, I had to like you know, I had to schedule. I schedule in this event, this particular event, because I knew the importance of it. I knew how important it is for individuals to actually tune in to Second Chance to hear what other individuals such as myself have to say. This is very important and is an extremely important for this outlet, like I said in the beginning, for this outlet to be available for individuals to to actually um, have a chance to share whatever, whatever type of experience that they had experienced, whether it be in prison or whether it be through, re- through uh, re-entry, for them to share that experience to help inspire and motivate others to, um, to, to persevere and to come out of the, you know, come out of that darkness and see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yeah. That's why I made time for this because it's important. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've been speaking to you for a very long time and I mean, we spoke about some great things and stuff, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful to even know you as a Likewise. person. And I see, uh, I see your, your ambition, um, mm-hmm. you go oriented and you're motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, besides what you're doing now, what accomplishments would you like to accomplish now that you're out of prison? It, it doesn't have to be something you're doing now. It can okay. be something that you are looking forward to in the future to getting done. I would like to, with the Higher Achievers Project and Say World, let's talk about it. I would like to create jobs for guys coming home from prison. I would like to create a sense of transitional housing and support for individuals coming out of prison. Or maybe individuals that's been home from prison and just need to be around like-minded individuals you know, because sometimes you need to be around individuals, man, that has the same experience as you have in order to gain a sense of support and confidence, you know, to, to move forward. So I would like to, to have uh, Say Word and, and Say Word, let's talk about it in the Higher Achievers Project. I would like to create that forum for, for guys to be employed when they come home so we can give back. And part of their mission and goal would be to give back. And then we just create a cycle of individuals coming home, giving back, giving back, giving back, and also going into the prison systems around the country, you know, sharing our stories and experiences as far as how we, like I said before, how we persevere through that very dark time and be a light, be a beacon of hope for individuals that's um, sadly, but going through the same, you know, struggles. Yeah, the struggle. So yeah, that's that's where I see myself on on a minute scale of uh, how I would like to see my business prosper in, um, I'll say, like five to 10 years from now. Okay, cool. And, I've, you know, I heard you throughout the podcast, um, but this segment right here is um, called Market Yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, um, so so my, my listeners can hear and um, look into uh, 
maybe a website or you know IG or Facebook that you have that pertains uh, some of the stuff you're doing. So, uh, what what are you marketing or promoting? Uh, okay. Um, so I'm on right now. I'm on Facebook. You know, um, individuals can search me and find me on Facebook. If you search "say word," let's talk about it. Uh, my name is Quentin Murray. So there, uh, therefore, not to cause any confusion about the other websites that that's available. Say word. Let's talk about it. Uh, it's for it's under Quentin Murray. They can find me there. They can find me on Instagram. Say word. Let's talk about it. And um, I'm in the process of creating my own professional website. But those are the two forums they can find my um my my public speak my public speaking engagements and uh, other things that I'm involved in you know just to find out the philosophy and the culture and the things that I value in my life you know. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, now this this part right here is for um, the youth um, because me personally, um, growing up, my role models were people that are actually looked down on. Mm-hmm. Um, like drug dealers, right, right, pimps, mm-hmm. hustlers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, but unfortunately, those are the people that catered to me when I was young because I had no brothers. Yes. Um, so, what would you tell the children not to do if they were to go down the same lane you went? So, talk to the kids right now. You got two minutes to talk to the kids. I want I want you to tell them something that that if they listening to this right now, that you can touch their heart. That's going to change their mindset, change their ways. Because trust me, if they don't, they're going to go down a road that's very painful. And I, I've been through it. You've been through it. There's many other people that have been through it, and it's it's painful. Yeah. And let's hope that if they don't listen to what you say today, that they're able to look back. Like we are on a journey and correct us, correct themselves because some people don't come out of it. So what would you tell the children right now? That's that's a very important question. And what I would say first and foremost is to to know your worth. It's very important for an individual to know your worth, because if you don't know your self-worth, you're going to fall for anything. You know, you're going to be easily influenced and provoked to go this way, to go that way, instead of creating a path for yourself, you know, being independent. If you're not independent, you're going to always be dependent on something to complete you. Once you know your self-worth, it completes the cycle of knowledge of self. So once you know your worth, you begin to develop value-centered principles in your life that's going to connect you and align you with your true purpose in life. You know, you're going to be able to see things that's pure, acts that's pure, and acts that's not pure. You'll be able to see consequences, you know, to your actions. Like if I had known or thought as far as beyond the acts that I committed in in my youth, in my childhood, if I would have thought past the act and see the consequences, I would have probably made more healthier decisions instead of uh, following, being easily influenced or provoked to go along someone else's path. So if I had that self-worth, if I knew my worth back then, I think that I would have, or I knew, I know for sure that I would have um, probably been in, you know, um, probably have made more healthier decisions. 
But for the youth right now, I would say that one of the most important thing is to know your worth. Know that you're worth it. And know that there's there's nothing in this world that you cannot do. And make your own decisions. And have your family and your loved ones, you know, in your best interest, close to your heart. And think about how every decision that you make is going to affect your family and your loved ones. Have that in mind and then think about whatever act it is that you want to do after that. Uh, those are wise words from my brother, Murray. Um, I, I, you know, it's that, that was, uh, I was touched by the words um, because um, me growing up, mm-hmm. I didn't know my worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because I wasn't educated. Right. My family didn't speak much on anything. Right. So a lot of the stuff that I've been through and went through, I had to learn on my own. Mm-hmm. So like, Growing up, I had gotten manipulated by older people because they knew I was intelligent, but they also knew that I was looking for acceptance. Right, right. And with with that understanding, me looking for acceptance, acceptance I did anything to try to please somebody to make them happy. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the problems came because I was putting people before me. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You got to put yourself first. Absolutely. It may sound selfish, no, it's, but it's not. It's needed. It's needed. It's needed. Um, and this is why I tell people, man, educate yourself. And I'm not talking about go out there and get a, a, a college degree. I'm just saying, and that's all dandy. If that's mm-hmm. what you what you want to do, more power. Go to school, do the right thing, get educated. Mm-hmm. But you know, self education perseveres also mm-hmm. you know just learning about stuff you know saying don't never stop learning whether it's about you about others mm-hmm. whatever you want to do mm-hmm. just learn right. because you know the lack of education mm-hmm. is linked to mass incarceration absolutely and with that being said if you're not educated you're not going to make good choices you're not going your, your mindset is going to be poor mm-hmm. And that's what's going to lead you down the road of pain and struggle yeah. and heartbreak and everything that we've been through. And this is why I do what I do. And this is why you do what you do, because you know how essential our work is. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what I do. You know, Absolutely. just just being a voice mm-hmm. for people get, getting second chances, because, you know, a lot of times we we're we not even looked at. We are barred from our civil liberties voting we are discriminated when it comes to employment and stuff like that and you know uh that that has to stop because you know some of us coming home are like the best thing to happen to anything man because we are innovators we entrepreneurs we the great listeners we 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 leaders you know and and, and you know uh just to keep you down people will paint you as something that you're not you know, judge me based on the context of my character, not based on what I've done, because the person that committed that ain't the person you see here today. You know, so, you know, I thank you for your time today. I thank you for the opportunity. You know? Yeah, man, I really do appreciate uh, you even taking the time. So uh, this is my segue uh, for conclusion. Um, I would like to say thanks to everyone who is listening to my podcast. Um, thanks to every organization that has helped me change my perception in life. 
A quick shout out to Osborne, AVP. AVP. Pace <laughs> Network, Pace, yeah. NYU's Prison Education Program. Yes. Richard, Caitlin, Caitlin Rachel, Alejandra, Alejandra Jose, Jose. Um, and, and the rest of the brothers that are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Drive for Life, Drive. Prison Project, Ignacio House, uh, Brother Zach, Sebastian, Italo, Polo. Polo. You know, love, love is love. Um, yeah. And remember, I got to leave off with what I say, you know. No one wants to do time, but we all need time. And I'm going to say that again. No one wants to do time. But we all need time. Good night. Peace and blessings. And I'm out of here. Can I say one thing before Go we ahead, close? big bro. Close like it. You the closing. You close it, baby. <laughs> so yes, um, in short, like uh if you want to find me, go on Facebook, search Let's uh Say Word, let's talk about it. Instagram, say word, let's talk about it. My name is Quentin Murray, and uh this is a, such a pleasure to be here on Second Chance. And uh everybody just, you know. Stay in the light, man. Stay in the light. Education is everything, man. You know, and um, self-worth. Until next time, we signing out. Amen. Peace out. Peace.